Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. I have no doubt that what I'm going to speak to you about this morning is going to be good for you because it's God's Word. It's always good for us. But I also know that there are some people here this morning that really, really, really need to hear what I'm going to share this morning. I know that because earlier this week, the enemy tried to mess with me and not be able to bring this message to you. I have been perfectly well for months and months and months. And the start of this week, he started messing with my my voice, my throat. And uh, it was like, we just dealt with that thing and declared the name of Jesus over it. And so I know that what I'm going to say this morning is going to mess with some people in this room today in a good way, in a good way. I just really believe, that's why I said before, that it's not an accident that you're here. You plan to be here, but God has a, a divine appointment for you this morning. There's something that He wants you to catch. You're going to see that from the Word this morning. We're going to talk today about a subject that many people are confused about, got a lot of questions about, but everybody wants to know about, and that is how to receive your healing. That's what we're going to talk about this morning, how to receive your healing. Now, if you are in this room this morning and you're perfectly healthy and well, God bless you. That's what God wants for you. But I still want you to listen. I want you to take some notes down because you never know when you or someone that you love is going to need what I'm going to share with you this morning. You know, if you only read the Gospels once or twice, you would see pretty clearly that healing is a central part of the ministry of Jesus. Thankfully, nothing has changed. It still is a central part of the ministry of Jesus. You know, Jesus' ministry only lasted for three and a half years. And in that time, Jesus did two things over and over. He taught people the Word of God and He administered healing. I kind of figure if Jesus prioritized those two things, then they ought to be a priority for us. Amen? They should be things that we talk about too. Now, I know that people will say, oh, well, Andrew, the world is a different place today. And these days we have technology that they didn't have back then and medical science and all that. And that is true. But how many of you know people still get sick today? There is still disease in the world today. We still have a spiritual enemy who wants to attack people in this area. And even with all the advances in medical science, people still need healing. Amen? See, I grew up in a church where healing, they said, was not for today. They said that healing and all those miracles finished with the writing of the New Testament. And now God uses modern medicine to heal people. People from the church that I went to wrote books about that. They debated that in theological circles. They were convinced that that was correct, that healing is not for today. Even though there is absolutely no scriptural evidence for that in here. You can't find that in here. That is not in keeping with anything that Jesus or the apostles ever taught. And it is at odds with the character and the nature of Of God. We're going to see that today. See, what I've found as I've traveled around is that it is easy to ignore what the Bible says about healing when you're well. When you are doing good, it's easy to say, oh no, that's not for today. We go to just the doctors today and we just rely on that. But you know, that was all stuff that finished with the apostles. That is easy to say. 
until your little girl is diagnosed with leukemia. It's easy to say until your allergies get worse. Easy to say until the tests come back negative. It's easy to say. Now, thank God for doctors and nurses and the medical profession. Thank God for them. But I want you to know something this morning that maybe you never thought about. I want you to know today that nobody in the history of this world has ever been healed by the medical profession. Nobody has ever been healed by the medical profession. Would you show me your hand this morning if you've ever fallen over and skinned your knee? Can you show me your hand? You've done that before? All right. Well, someone with your hand just raised a minute ago. Could you come up here and show us your skinned knee this morning? Maybe you could show it. One, someone with skinny jeans with the rips in them. Maybe you could show us. I'll wear mine tonight for you, Ruth. It's all right. Now, why is it that all of you put your hand up in the air and said, yes, I've done that, and yet you can't come and show us this morning your skinned and scabby knees? That is because your knee healed, right? You say, oh, well, of course, that's just the body that did that. Well, who gave it the ability to heal? Who gave it that ability? See, see, when you had that operation... God gave the doctor the brains and the coordination and the skill to cut you open and do what they do so well. But once that was finished, you were not healed. Think about it. You were not healed. They might have come in and cleaned you out. They might have removed some things. They might have transplanted some things. They can do amazing things today. But after you are finished and they stitch you back up, God still has to do a healing work in your body. If God does not do a healing work in your body, that flesh is going to get infected. It won't heal up. And ultimately, you would die from that infection. So we thank God this morning for the medical profession. Pray for doctors and nurses and people in that area. But I want to tell you this morning, without the healer, we're all in trouble. Without the healer, we are all in trouble. So we're going to talk this morning about how do I receive my healing? And we want to make this very personal. This is not about the person on your left and on your right. This is about you this morning. How do I receive my healing? And we're going to begin today by looking at Matthew chapter 8. And then we're going to look at the same story from Luke chapter 5 and Mark chapter 1. And we're going to look at this same story in the different Gospels. You see, in the four Gospels, there are only 19 individual accounts of healings recorded. Only 19. Now, I know it seems like more than that. But that is because many of the different writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record the same healing, but from their different perspective. And then there are numerous places in the Bible, in the Gospels, where we are told that many were healed, or that all were healed, or that the multitudes were healed. But when we read those stories, we don't get the details about what those people did to receive their healing. We don't hear what Jesus did. We don't know what was wrong with them. But there are about 19 individual cases in the Gospels where we can learn how do we receive healing? How do we receive healing from God? How do we receive it? And we're going to look at one of those examples this morning. Now, tonight, we're going to look at a different story of healing in the Gospels. But tonight, I want to show you something very different. Tonight, I want to show you how do you overcome issues in your life? 
If you've ever had an issue, you need to come tonight. It's a rainy, miserable night. Tape whatever you wanted to watch on TV and just come because tonight, whether you've had a financial issue or a physical, emotional issue, you need a breakthrough in your life. Tonight, I want to show you how do I overcome issues in my life. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. But this morning, we're talking about how do I receive my healing. I want to do some teaching this morning. So I hope you had your coffee and you're ready to go. How about I pray and then we'll look into this together. Father, we thank you for this day. It's a day like no other day we've ever lived. It's not going to be like any other day we will ever live. This is the day that you've made. We will rejoice and we're glad about this day. We're glad to be in your house. We could be anywhere, but we've chosen to be here to receive from your word. I thank you for your people. I don't know all of them, but you know each one of them intimately. You know what they need to hear from your spirit this morning. I thank you that they've got hearts ready to receive. And for those, Lord, this morning that just really, really, really need to hear what I'm going to say, I pray that you'd take simple words of mine and translate them by your spirit into something powerful and life-giving. I pray that mindsets that have been shaped over many years, if they are in opposition to your word this morning, that they would be changed in the name of Jesus, that we would walk out of here in line with you, in line with your word, and wanting to live it out and receive it today. I thank you for the person on my left and on my right. I pray that they would be blessed in every area of their life. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Friend, I'm telling you, if you've had physical challenges or you've had medical problems or you've had symptoms in your body, this is the best place you could be this morning. You are in the right place. But if you want to hold on to your sickness, I'm just telling you, leave now. Just go right now. Just get up. Don't worry about anybody else. You say, I want to stay sick. Okay, that's cool. You want to stay sick? Please just go now because I'm telling you, we're in this place. He's in this place. And when two or three are gathered together, you never know what might happen, right? Okay, so I'm believing that for you this morning. The anointing is here because our God is here. He will heal you anywhere, anytime. It's not about location. You don't have to be in church to get healing from God. He'll heal you while you're driving to work. He'll heal you while you're doing the dishes. He'll heal you while you're at the office. It is not dependent upon being in a physical place. It's not dependent upon that. It's dependent upon you having the faith to receive your healing. And we're going to talk about that this morning. I say that because in more than half of those 19 instances where people were healed under the ministry of Jesus, more than half of them, Jesus specifically refers to the fact that their healing came about because of their faith. He says, according to your faith, you've been made well. He says, your faith has made you whole. He says, your faith has healed you. We're going to see an instance of that tonight. Faith was the determining factor. Now, in John chapter 14, Jesus said this. He said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. When you look at me, you're looking at a representation of the Father. When, when you see me do things, it's what the Father does. When you see me. And then he said this. He said, I only do the things that please him. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean when Jesus says that? Well, what it means is that everything that Jesus ever said, 
and ever did during his three and a half years of ministry. Everything Jesus said and everything Jesus did is a direct revelation of the will of God for all people for all time. I need to say that again because some of you need to think about that. I'm saying everything that Jesus ever said and ever did is a direct revelation of the will of God. People say, oh, what's God's will? Well, you want to know what God's will is? You look at Jesus because everything that he ever did and everything that he ever said was a direct revelation of the will of God for every person for all time. What does that mean? Well, that means that when we look in the Word this morning and we see an instance of Jesus healing someone back then, We are seeing the revealed will of God for all of us for all time. It's not just for him back there because he said, I only do the will of the Father. So if it was the will of the Father back then, it's the will of the Father today, right? So that's why we're looking at these instances this morning. We can hear testimonies from people, but I want you to see this from the Word of God. Everything that we see, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is the revealed will of God. Why? Because Jesus never did anything that was outside of the will of his Father. Are we all on the same page this morning? All right, so we're about to see the revealed will of God for all people, for all time. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1. It says, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. I'm believing for some immediately's this morning. I like immediately's. I like it when that thing goes immediately. But can I say to you today that if you're believing God for manifestation of healing in your life, sometimes it doesn't come immediately. There were times in the Gospels where it took some time where it didn't come immediately. So let's not get fixated on the immediately. We'll believe for that. But if it doesn't come immediately, we keep standing on his word until we see it, right? Okay. So let's read this from Luke. Same healing. Luke chapter 5 says, And it happened that when he was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy. Now, Matthew didn't say that, right? We didn't read that before. It simply said that he was a leper. But this is Dr. Luke now writing this. Whenever you see Dr. Luke, he's going to give us more details than the other guy. He's interested in people's conditions. And he says this man was not just a leper, but he was full of leprosy. What does that mean? Well, that means he was at stage four. That means he was a serious case. This man may well have been near to death. He he wasn't just a leper. He was full of leprosy. Here's a man who was full of leprosy. Luke said he saw Jesus. He fell on his face and he implored him saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and he touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him and he charged him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning Jesus all the more and great multitudes came together, watch this, to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Notice that it says that the multitudes came to Jesus to do two things. 
They came to hear and they came to be healed. That's important. These are people who are coming to Jesus. Why? Because they want to be healed, right? That's what they came for. But the first thing that they do is they hear. And what do they hear? Well, we know if Jesus was preaching, they heard the word of God. Amen. He wasn't just preaching pop psychology. He was preaching the word of God. Now, is that important if you want to be healed? That you would hear the word of God? Absolutely it is. Why? Why is it important that you hear the word of God in order to be healed? Well, because you get healed, Jesus says, according to your faith. And how does faith come? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes. If we don't have faith, we don't pray for faith. He would say, oh, pastor, would you pray for me that I would have faith? It doesn't work like that. Jesus never told you to pray for faith. The Bible says we are given a measure of faith, that at salvation, we are, or before that, God gives us enough faith to believe in him. Every person has that, but we are each given a measure of faith. But then if you want to increase your faith, if you want to grow your faith, you've got to do some things. And the Bible says in Romans 10 that if you want faith to come, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Word of God. Well, it was just the same in the time of Jesus. People came because they wanted to be healed. And so the first thing they did is exactly what we're doing this morning. They came to hear the word. And as they heard the word, faith began to rise up in their their hearts. They're like, man, I could believe for this. I could believe that Jesus can do this. I could believe that this sickness that I've had for years and years and years could go away in Jesus. But I could believe for that. That's why Jesus kept saying, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. That same thing can happen for you this morning. That same thing that happened back there in Jesus' time can happen for you this morning. Why? Well, because he is the same. Amen? He's the same. He hasn't changed. And because this is the same. We were singing about it before. The promises in here have not changed. They are the same. So this word still produces the same results as it did all those years ago. It's the same. All right, let's see this account from Mark. Mark chapter 1 and verse 40 says, now a leper came to him. You know, leprosy was a terrible skin disease. It still is. Still is. Still people today that have leprosy. Back then, their law defined 72 individual skin diseases as leprosy. But they were all horrible conditions, horrible infections. It meant that you would have sores and scabs and boils festering on your skin. People were terrified of catching this disease or anyone that had this disease. They were highly superstitious about it. And that is because word had gone around, not from the word of God, but through people's superstitions, that the reason people got leprosy was because they had some secret sin they didn't tell anybody about, and that God was punishing them by putting leprosy onto them. And so if you had leprosy, it was not just a medical condition, it was a life sentence. If you had leprosy, man, you couldn't earn your living, you had to quit your job. You couldn't live in your house, you were exiled from the community. You couldn't ever see your kids, you couldn't touch anyone. People saw uh, someone with leprosy as a living corpse, 
They literally saw them as a person who was alive, but they're kind of dead to the rest of society. No one could touch you because you would make them unclean. If you came into contact with a leper, you couldn't go to church. You couldn't worship God. You couldn't socialize at all. In fact, when the wind was blowing, like it was this morning, if you had leprosy, you had to stay 50 meters away from the nearest person. They were encouraged if they saw you on the street and the wind was blowing and you were any closer to throw rocks at you. Keep them away. This is what the Levitical law said. The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes. Like This isn't about trying to make the person look good. This is about trying to debase this person and make them look shameful and away from society and, and not even human. They must wear torn clothes. They must let their hair be unkept. They must cover the lower part of their face. They must cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as the person has the infection, they must live alone and live outside the camp. You know, even today, leprosy, as I said, is a terrible thing. You lose sensitivity in your extremities, in your fingers and toes. You could lean on a hot stove and burn your skin and it would continue to burn unless someone pointed that out. You wouldn't even feel it. There's no, there's no feeling left there. You can have terrible accidents without even being aware of that because there's no feeling. Many times people with leprosy will lose uh, their fingers, lose their toes. They'll have sores that just won't heal. How many of you know this morning, this thing called leprosy is from the pit of hell? Can I say that this morning? This is not something from God. This is something that comes from the enemy. Friend, I want to tell you this morning, when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, there was no leprosy there, right? There was no leprosy in the garden. If God had wanted leprosy, he would have created it in the first place. He would have put it in the garden. If God had wanted the people that he created to have some kind of deformity, he would have created Adam and Eve with kind of wonky eyes and maybe, you know, deformed organs, maybe deformed limbs, right? How many of you know that God didn't create Adam and Eve like that? The Bible says he created them perfect, right? Is that what it says? It says that God looked on all he had made and what did he say? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. What did he say? He said it's good. He said it's very, very good. Nobody looks at cancer and says that's very good, right? Nobody looks at a deformity, at a disability, at infectious sores on the skin and says, oh, that's very good. That's not very good. That's not good at all. It's not a blessing of God. It's not from God. Now, I know some people will preach differently to that. I know some people will say all kinds of crazy things, but what does this say? That's all I'm interested in this morning. What does this say? Because if this is the word that we stand on, I want to know what this says. Know what some theologian said. Now, I know theology too. I did 10 years of theological study, so I can tell you the Hebrew and the Greek. But I'm telling you, I want to know what this says. This says sickness and disease is not from God. That's what this says. I know that it's in the earth. But so is sin. And sin is not from God either. Amen? It's here, but it's not from God. See, people say, oh, well, look at all these terrible things. Must be the will of God. That's ridiculous. There are all kinds of crazy things going on in our world today. That does not make them the will of God. He's not pleased with those things. We do have a spiritual enemy, remember? 
We do. How many of you this morning believe that God is perfect? Tell me, do you believe God is perfect? All right, everybody. Is God sitting on the throne today with deformities and sores and boils and messed up like that? Is he? Why are you so quick to say no? Because you can't associate that with God's person, right? You can't imagine that the perfect God that you worship would be sitting on his throne today with deformities and sores and boils. Well, then why is it that millions and millions of Christians associate those same things with God's will for his people? That's crazy. That is not from here. That is the opinions of men. I know I'm preaching strong this morning, but some of you need to hear it and you need to hear it good. You need to get it this morning. Come on. We don't want to live with sickness and disease. We don't want that for our kids. We don't want that for our family members. We don't want that for our colleagues. We don't want any part of that. So we've got to get convinced from this that it's not for us and it's not for today. People say, that God uses sickness and disease to teach people things. I heard that my whole growing up life. Well, God uses sickness to teach people. God uses sickness to develop character in people. God uses sickness to keep people humble. Never mind that there are absolutely no scriptures for any of that. People will still say that. Misguided pastors will still preach that. Can we go just a little bit deeper this morning? In order for something to be scriptural, what do you need? Oh, that's very good. As smart people at Activate Church. In order for something to be scriptural, you need scriptures, right? That's what makes it scriptural. You need to be able to point to a place where Jesus says, well, look, I'm sorry, but you can't be healed because it's not God's will for you. I'm really sorry. I'd like to be able to, but I'm sorry. It's not God's will. I'm sorry. You'll just have to put up with this sickness, this illness, this thing a little bit longer until you've learned what God is trying to teach you. No, no, you won't find that. I'm sorry. That's not in here. God doesn't use cancer to teach you something. He uses his word to teach you something. Don't believe that garbage. He does not use sickness to teach you something. Well, I'm sorry, but it's just not God's timing to heal you yet. Can you find anything like that remotely in your Bible? It's not God's timing to heal you. You can't because it's not there. It's not even in one place. You can't even find that in half a verse. Nowhere in the New Testament did Jesus ever say, any apostle ever say, I'm sorry, but you'll have to stay sick a little while. No one said that. That's not in there. Friends, listen. I've been studying the Word of God for 40 years, and I have never seen, I know some of you can't believe that. You're like, man, I thought he was 16. It's, like, it's, amazing. it's an anointing of God. Well, maybe you thought I was 18, but there you go. I've never seen in here where Jesus said, I'm sorry, I love to, but it's not God's will for you to be well. But I have seen a whole lot of places where Jesus said, I will. I've seen a lot of places where Jesus said, I will. Do we have any scriptures for I will? 
Uh, we, we just read it three times, right? I will, I will, I will. What did Jesus say about healing? Jesus said, I will. Well, Pastor Andrew, you know God always answers prayer, but sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait a while. Have you heard that? Sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait a while. Where did you get that from? That's not in here. In him, we heard it this morning, in him, the answer is always yes and amen. That's what my Bible tells me. It doesn't say wait a while or no or yes or whatever. It's always yes and amen if it's in line with his word. Doesn't the Bible call Jesus our good shepherd? Is that what it says? It calls him our good shepherd. Why is Jesus our good shepherd? I'll tell you why. Because the good shepherd leads his sheep. Good shepherd feeds his sheep. Good shepherd takes care of his sheep. Good shepherd protects his sheep, right? That's why he's a good shepherd. Now, Jesus said, this is the good shepherd speaking. He said, there is a thief and he comes to steal and kill and destroy. Then he said, but I'm not the thief. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, right? Well, wouldn't abundant life be healing manifested in the body? Wouldn't we say that's abundant life, man? That's what Jesus said. I've come to, he said, yeah, there is an enemy. He wants to do those three things. Anytime you see stealing, killing, destroying, you know where that's from. It's not from me because I came to give you life. I came to give you life abundantly. Does abundant life sound to you like sickness and disease and deformity? Sickness doesn't give you life. Sickness takes life. It steals life from you. Sickness is a thief. If you've ever been through long-term sickness, you would know. Sickness steals. It steals your energy. It steals your time. It steals your money. Sickness robs wives of husbands, husbands of wives, parents of children, children of their parents. Sickness is a thief. It's a killer. It's a destroyer. How could sickness possibly please God? How could it possibly please God? God makes mankind perfect. That's what we read in his own image and likeness. And here comes something that will destroy a human's body, distort a body, deform a body until it doesn't even resemble a human anymore. How could that possibly please God? I want to ask you this morning, how many of you agree that sickness and disease is an improvement on God's creation? Anybody? Anybody think that that's an improvement on what God created? No, it's not. Sickness is something that came into the world as a result of sin and the fall. It's from the enemy. It's not from God. But thank God there is an answer to that. Thank God there is a deliverer. Thank God God still heals today. Amen? we got a good God. Luke said this man was full of leprosy. He was covered with it. He, he, he was beyond help. But I want you to notice what he did in Mark chapter 1 verse 40 because it says this man who was full of leprosy did something. He came to Jesus. 
And I want to tell you this morning, when the doctor says it's incurable, when they say, I'm sorry, there is nothing more we can do for your little girl, your little boy. I'm sorry, we don't have an answer for that. The best thing you can do is take it to Jesus is take it to Jesus. This leper came and the Bible says he knelt down before him. That's a picture of humility. That's, that's humility. Do you know that pride will hinder you from being healed? Pride is an enemy of faith and it will stop you from receiving your healing. This man was supposed to, we heard it before, he's supposed to stay 50 feet away if the wind was blowing. He was supposed to, in any case, yell, unclean, unclean. But instead, he approaches Jesus, he kneels at his feet. How do you receive healing? By being humble. You don't have to grovel, you don't have to beg. If you're a believer, you're not a beggar. Amen? You're not a beggar, but you're not going to receive anything from God without being humble. Humility. Well, Matthew tells us that not only did Jesus, uh, this man fall at Jesus' feet, but it says that he worshipped him. Did you realize that you can get healed just by worshipping God? You, whether that's in your bedroom or whether that's here, you can get healed just by worshipping him. Oh yeah, you can. That's because praise rebukes the enemy. Praise stirs up your faith. Worship gets your eyes off yourself and gets your eyes on God and it changes things. You can be healed just by doing that, but you cannot be stiff and inflexible and proud. You can't come to God and expect Him to heal you on your terms. He will do it the way He will do it, not the way you want it done. You don't tell God how to heal you. You just do whatever He says. Isn't that what Mary said? She said at that first ever miracle, water into wine, she said, just go do whatever he tells you to do. You just do it. It's the same today. That's why sometimes healing comes as we worship. Sometimes healing comes as you fast and you pray. Sometimes healing comes as someone lays hands upon you. But just understand, pride will keep you from being healed. And so this leper, the Bible says, approaches Jesus. He looks terrible. He's got sores all over his body. He's in ragged, dirty clothes. His hair's all matted. He smells like rotting flesh. And yet he comes to Jesus. He kneels down. And here, here's his big question. If you are willing, I want you to know today that the biggest blockage that keeps people from being healed is they don't know if it's God's will for their lives to receive that. This is the issue this leper had. If you are willing, whenever we say if, it's an indicator of doubt. If you can, God, if you are willing. Now look at it. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he's got some doubt, but he's got some faith, right? He's like, if you are willing, but I know you can. That's very common. See, we can have faith for one thing, but have total doubt for something else. We can have faith that God exists today and He's a loving God and He's a good, kind God. But at the same point, we can totally doubt that God wants to heal us. We can have faith for something and doubt for something at the same time. What did this guy have faith in? Well, obviously he believed that Jesus was a prophet, which he was. He obviously believes that God can heal. He believes that Jesus has the power to heal. He believed all those things. But was that man healed at that point? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Even though he believed that Jesus could heal him, he was questioning whether it was God's will for him to be healed. He knew Jesus could, but he wasn't sure 
that he would. And that right there is such a big issue for so many people. They believe God can, but they don't know whether God will. I'm here to tell you this morning, you can be sick, you can get worse, you can eventually die being completely convinced that God can heal you. Why? Because believing God can heal you is not the same as having the faith to receive your healing. It's not the same. See, there are reasons why some people are healed and some people are not. And I don't presume to know all of them, but I do know this this morning. Please hear me when I say it. I do know that it is the will of God for everyone to be healed. I say that unashamed this morning. It is the will of God for every person to be healed. But I also know that while you are questioning whether it is His will for you to be healed, you won't be. You won't be. Remember what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. He said, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. What were we to believe? We to believe that God can do it. No, that's not what Jesus said. Believe that God's able, believe God's got the power, believes He's good. Well, they're all true. But Jesus said, believe that you receive. So if you want healing this morning, you would say, believe that you receive your healing and you shall have it. See, friends, we must not only believe that He's a good God, that He can, that He has the power, that He's able. That's great. But this man has a question. He was convinced God could. Oh, he didn't doubt that at all. But he wasn't convinced it was God's will for him. And that's where millions of believers are stuck today. Is it God's will? Is it not His will? Well, it must have been His will for that guy because he got healed. But is it His will for me? Churches split over that. Thousands of books have been written. Pastors wanting to be kind to people will get up and they will preach, well, it's not always God's will to heal. And in trying to be kind, they're taking people away from what the Word of God says. It is always God's will to heal you always it is never a case where God says no I'm sorry you can't receive that what do I base that on I base that on the testimony of scripture I base that on the nature and character of God I base that on this man right here in Mark chapter 1 of all the things that Jesus did in three and a half years the Holy Spirit recorded this story right here why because it's a direct revelation of his will for all people for all time this man falls at Jesus feet and he worships him he's humble he's sincere he believes in the power of God but he's not sure if it's God's will and so he looks up at Jesus and he says I know you can I know you can but will you Jesus will you will you do it for even a hopeless case like mine and the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion and before he even said a word to that man he got down in the dirt can you see it he got down in the dirt with this desperate man and I reckon he held him by his messed up skin and he looked right in his eyes and he said I will I will he touched him before he spoke to him. This man hadn't had anyone touch him for years and years and years, but he touched him and he said, I will, I will. In another translation, it said, of course I will. Friend, this is the living word this morning, declaring I will. 
Heaven and earth might pass away, but this word will never pass away. This right here is the will of God for your life today. I'm telling you, he says to you, of course I will. Of course I will. So anytime anyone asks me, Andrew, do you think he would heal me? Do you think he would heal me? I just remember this response to this terrible situation to this leper where Jesus looked at him and he said, I will. You know, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1, 17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. According to the Word, the Father doesn't change. His Word doesn't change. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, well, I believe that healing has passed away. Well, if that's true, God has got to change His name because one of His names is the Lord who heals. So if that's not true, we better ask God to change His name because He calls Himself, I am the Lord who heals you. Acts 10.34 says that God is no respecter of persons. That means anything He said to one person, He will say to you this morning. He'll say it to you. Listen to me very carefully. God will never promise you something in His Word that is against His will for you to have. He will never promise you something in here that is against His will for you to have. That is His perfect will for you to be healed, for you to be whole today. Can you imagine Jesus hanging on the cross? And as He's hanging there, you look up at Him and you say, Jesus... Is it your will for me to be saved? How ridiculous would that be? Why is he there? Why is he hanging on a cross? He's doing that so that you could come into right relationship with him. What a ridiculous question. Is it your will? Of course. Well, let's say we saw Jesus being chained to that whipping post and the the lashes go against his back. And as he's being whipped, you come and you say, Lord, is it your will for me to be healed? That's ridiculous. Why is he there? Why is he going through that? Doesn't the Bible say that he bore our sicknesses in his body on the tree? Doesn't it say that he carried our pain? Doesn't it say that he was whipped so that we could be healed? That's what I read. It says that in Isaiah and Matthew and Peter, the Bible says, by his stripes, you were healed. There's no issue about whether it's his will. Of course it's his will. This man believed in the power of God. He believed God could. But what he needed was to know that God would. And that was missing. And so when Jesus came and said, of course I will. Do you think he was still struggling with it after Jesus said, of course I will. He was going, well, I'm not sure. No, no. As soon as he heard that word, faith rose in his heart. And he said, well, if you will, come on then. And Jesus touched his skin and it became clean. And he was able to go back to his family and back to his friends and back to his life. I'm telling you this morning, what Jesus said to that man is the same thing that he would say to you today. Of course I will. Of course I will. I want every person to put down your things, stand to your feet with me. In this atmosphere this morning, I am believing that for some of you who are struggling with sickness and disease, any of you that are in that place this morning, God wants to minister healing to you today. If you would believe this word, 
and you've been struggling with that issue, being like, well, I know we can, but God, will you? Will you do it for me? This morning, we just want to break that off of you in the name of Jesus. And let's just have our faith to believe that of course He will. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.